0: Hi, this is Pastor Mike from Compass in Monterey County. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. I hope it encourages you and gives you confidence that Jesus is by your side and that his plans for you are to bless you. Well, I realize that that uh, was emotional for some of us. And we might be wondering, why would we even want to look at our past? because our past is our baggage and trying to bury our past does not help it just becomes a toxic waste dump and it becomes our baggage in life that shows up every day snakes freak me out not just cobras and rattlesnakes every kind of snake freaks me out garden snakes Snakes, some of you probably have as pets. There are actually people who keep snakes as pets. (laughs) Do you remember Raiders of the Lost Ark and that scene where he's in the pit with about a million deadly snakes all around him crawling at his feet? I went running out of the theater. I couldn't watch that. (laughs) Now, you might think, well, he's a silly, silly, silly person. But it might help you to understand that my dad grew cotton in a farm in the middle of the desert in Arizona. And I irrigated on that farm, and every year I almost was bitten by rattlesnakes. We averaged about, this is no exaggeration, killing 300 rattlers a year with our shovels. I have been so close to being bitten by rattlers, I can't even watch snakes on uh, the National Geographic channel. Do you think it has anything to do with my history? You know, when you understand a person's history, it makes you more understanding of why they do the things they do. Ah, that's a key in relationships. If you understand a person's history, It makes you more understanding of why they do what they do. Let me tell you about Pat. That's not her real name and you don't know her. But if you are ever introduced to her, don't make the mistake of calling her Patty. I did and I've heard other people make that mistake. Because if you don't call her Pat, you will get a cold angry rebuke and be told in no uncertain names that her name is Pat and don't make that mistake again. You'll feel a lot of anger coming at you and you'll probably wonder, is it that big a deal? Isn't that kind of an exaggerated response to an honest mistake? Being around Pat that's not her name, but call her Pat, is like walking in a minefield. You never know when you're going to set off enormous and surprising anger. Relationships for her don't last very long. She gets offended by a person. She's critical or judgmental. She buries the relationship. They're just cut off. To the point that her relationships have shrunk and shrunk, to their pretty much just her most immediate family. She's cut off a lot of people. And why? Well, because she's very critical and very controlling and can be very cold and cruel and very humiliating as she talks to people, even those of her people in her immediate family. One other problem. This is a big problem. She really doesn't care if she hurts you. I've heard her say often, tough. The other thing you should know about her is, she's very devoted to Bible study in the church that she attends. But somehow, what i just read about love never seems to get through to her. 1 Corinthians 13 says love is patient, it is not rude, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. She would argue with you about the inerrant infallibility of the word of God. She just ignores that part of the word of God. I wonder, could it have anything to do with her history? If you know a little bit about her history you would know that her father and mother are very cold people. Very self-centered. It's always their way or the highway. Very rigid and rule-making type people. They have a quiet anger. In fact, in their family, the rule was never yell. So this anger in this family was very cold and cutting, not open anger. Criticism, control, no real affirmation. The message to her growing up was, you're not good enough. She grew up very insecure and very self-critical because your parents are your mirror. And when you're six years old or five years old, you can't process this. You believe whatever your parents are reflecting back to you. And the reflection she got was, you don't measure up. Is it any wonder that she's grown up very insecure? But you would never guess that, probably, if you were around her, because she comes across as very strong, very independent. The truth of the matter is, she's very insecure. And she builds walls Around her. To hide that insecurity. That's her anger. That's her behavior. She keeps people at a distance. Because she's so afraid. They'll find out. Really what she's like. Do you think her history has anything to do. With why she believes. uh, Behaves the way she does today. It has everything to do with it. Hurt. People hurt people. That's a law of the universe. Hurt people hurt people. Everyone has a history. And it shows up every day if we do not claim our baggage. Kevin Lehman, the well-known marriage counselor, writes this, and I quote, In a marriage, you quite literally reap the rewards of Or pay for the sins of your mother-in-law and father-in-law. Why? Because when you marry, both of you bring baggage into that marriage. Both of you do. And if you don't claim your baggage, it's going to keep driving your behavior and show up day after day. People marry as if they have no baggage, but everyone brings baggage into a a marriage. For example, a new bride, so excited about beginning her life with her new husband. You should know this about her. Her father always helped her mother with the dishes, helped clear the table, and fixed everything in the house. Her new husband, well, he came from a family where his mother... Served his father because he worked so hard. She did everything for him. He never fixed anything in the house. Do you think they're going to have some conflict? Yeah. Because of the baggage they're bringing into their... The history they're bringing into their marriage. Last week I described how each of us has a cranky code. And this is so important because... Part of the burden in this series is that it does no good to hear a preacher or in a Bible study say, do not get angry, because the law never helps us change. The law never helps us change. Our reasons for believing or our behaving are much deeper than that, and we've got to understand where this behavior comes from if we're ever going to control it. Our cranky code. Our cranky code is the expectations and the wounds we bring from our history that trigger our anger. So last week I said, when you get angry, remember what you were thinking when you jumped into anger. That tr- The thoughts that triggered your anger. That's your cranky code. And everybody's got it. It's the beliefs you have, the expectations, the convictions you have that trigger the anger. And that's why anger for us happens in a nanosecond. It's been triggered by our cranky code. And that cranky code comes from the baggage in our life. There are times, of course, I want to say that Anger is the right thing, and it has nothing to do with your cranky code. Like when a woman is physically abused, she's hit by a man. That has nothing to do with her cranky code. Her anger is the right and healthy response there. In a couple of weeks, I want to speak about how to confront a person without making things worse. Because usually most of us make things worse. Worse. So how do you confront a person without, with a hope that you might get a listening? That's in a couple of weeks. But today, I, the issue is that I want to focus on is where our cranky code comes from. Because none of us is born with a cranky code. It develops in us. So where do we get it? We get our cranky code from our history, especially our family history. Psychologists say by the age of five, we have learned how we're going to handle our anger. It happens very early on in us. Everyone has a history, and it shows up every day. At the office, in the way we parent, in our marriage, how we react to people. It's often been said, he who does not study history is doomed to repeat history. That is never more true than in our individual lives. If you don't study your history, you are doomed to repeat it. It will be automatic. This explains why children of divorce have a much higher incidence of divorce themselves. That's a fact. Four times the divorce rate if you come from a divorce family. It doesn't have to be that way. But if we will not study our history and the things we learned, it's very likely we will repeat our family history. It also explains alcoholism and drugs and why that travels from generation to generation. Why is that? Because people don't study their history. And what you don't study... In history you are doomed to repeat that because generally alcoholism and drugs sometimes it can be a chemical thing but a lot of times what it is is self medication of anger what's behind this generational thing is anger that is traveling from family to family that is medicated by drugs and alcohol or food or your drug of choice When we don't study our history, we are going to lug that baggage through our life, and out of that invisible baggage is going to come our visible behavior. Here's the thing our baggage becomes the trigger for our anger. And this is why hurt people hurt people. Let me explain. Say you go to a restaurant with your family. I'm going to explain why hurt people hurt people. You go to a restaurant with your family. You have a nice meal together. The waiter brings the bill, it's for $950,000. You think that's a little excessive. You call the waiter over and say, you know, I think this bill is a little much. We didn't eat that much, mu- that much food. The waiter says to you, oh, I know that, but you have to pay for everybody who's eaten here since the restaurant opened. And you say, well, that's not right. I shouldn't pay for what others ate. And the waiter looks at you and says, well, it may be unfair, but you're still going to pay anyway. That's the way it is. That explains why hurt people hurt people. You see, when you're carrying baggage through your life of unresolved anger, it becomes like a little aerosol can in you, stuffed down inside of you. And whoever bumps into you gets sprayed. Not a little bit, they get the whole spray. (laughs) It's coming from anger towards other people. When you don't face your baggage in life, other people are going to pay. Because that anger just explodes out upon them. Just like you saw in the video. You see, that's Pat. Her parents wronged her and hurt her and she has a lot of unresolved anger towards her parents so who pays anyone who gets her name wrong anyone who offends her lots of people around her have paid because they've hooked in to that baggage full of anger that's why hurt people hurt people I'm wondering if any of us is making others pay the bill for our anger that's unresolved in our history. Maybe it's towards your ex-husband and you have a lot of unresolved anger towards the way he treated you and it spills out still today on your children. An exaggerated response to little things they do, but that anger in you spills out that's really towards your ex-husband. This explains why people react in such exaggerated ways, overreact. It's their baggage. So how do you get rid of this baggage and get rid of childish ways and grow up to be a mature Christian and adult? The first thing you have to do is you've got to study your history and admit whatever baggage you have. Admit it and face it. That's my baggage. You've got to claim it. It's no coincidence that in this great passage on love, Paul tags it with verse 11. He tags it with verse 11, which reads, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. What's he saying? My childish ways, that is my baggage from my past, is going to prevent me from doing the very things I've just described as love. It will prevent me. I will not be patient. I will be easily angered. I cannot do 1 Corinthians 13 if I won't deal with my baggage. I can't do it. And that's why Pat can't do it she won't deal with her baggage. Paul is saying that age or gray hair does not make you an adult. It's putting off childish thinking and behavior that makes a person adult. Doesn't that make sense to you? You become an adult by putting off childish behavior. And just as importantly, if we don't put off childish behavior... Paul says you'll never be able to love like the Bible says to love. So maybe we can look in some of this baggage and see what kind of... Ah, this baggage this person is carrying. Ooh, if you looked inside their baggage, you would find that they throw temper tantrums Ah, temper tantrums. That's like a child. You know, children throw temper tantrums, don't they? When they don't like what's happening, they can't talk it through rationally. Instead, they throw a temper tantrum to try to force adults to do what they want them to do. They scream. They say cruel things like, I hate you. They pour out guilt on their parents like, I wish you weren't my mom or dad. They pout and give them their parents a silent treatment. They withdraw and they won't let you touch them. This is how children throw temper tantrums. They give you looks that could kill. You ever seen a 40-year-old do the same thing? <laughs> Yes. Paul says to become an adult, you've got to put away your temper tantrums, your childish ways. I wonder if anybody here has been throwing temper tantrums lately. Let's see what else is in this. Ah. This is a pretty big piece of baggage. Perfectionism. This is always baggage from our childhood. A perfectionist tries very hard to make no mistakes because he doesn't want to leave any room for criticism. And so he tries to do everything perfectly and to excel. Perfectionists are always very hard on themselves and very demanding. And so, of course, they're very hard on other people and very demanding of them as well. For a perfectionist, there is a right way to do everything. Which of course means they're highly critical of other people who don't do things the way they do them or think the way they think. And of course, for a perfectionist, there's no room for patience. That's always the key thing. A perfectionist tips you off. The clue is they're very impatient with people and very merciless. No mercy, because you didn't do it right, get it right. And they are judgmental and critical. It's automatic because everything has got to be done right. So it's no surprise that for a perfectionist, almost always, they need to be a success and they need to look like a success. So a perfectionist usually, not always, usually cares a whole lot about external appearance. Because that's what people judge you by. So it's very important the car they drive, the clothes they wear. Everything external becomes very important to them. Because you have to look like a success. What's really happening here? A perfectionist is a person... Who's building a wall around them in these various ways so they can hide their flaws and they can protect themselves against criticism as an adult. The real truth about a perfectionism is, perfectionists is they're very insecure and they are hungry for praise. They can never get enough praise. It's a bottomless pit. Do you think their history has anything to do with that? Or do you think they were born that way? Oh, their history has everything to do with it. Usually one or both parents is very successful, has very high expectations, and is not very free in their verbal affirmation. That's why they're starving for praise. Sometimes the parents are critical. How do you avoid criticism? Or how do you get your parents to start to praise you? You excel. You do everything perfectly. You're looking for that blessing, that affirmation from your children. Or you rebel. You get to be a teenager. You just give up. My parents are not going to affirm me. They're critical, so I will just rebel. And what I'm doing is I'm punishing my parents for not saying I'm good. I'm punishing them. So a perfectionist lives with anger every day. Every day he's really looking for affirmation or this rebellious streak is driving him in his life. So perfectionists have a lot of trouble with authority, generally. A lot of trouble with authority. That person will never break his anger habit until he sees the baggage that is driving it, which is totally unrealistic, childish solution to not getting praise, and that is, I need to be perfect. That's childish thinking. Hurt people hurt people. The prophet Jeremiah said, The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things. What do you think that means in terms of relationships and conflict? What do you think that means? Well, it means what we think is the problem is usually not the problem. What we think is the problem is usually not the problem. Because our heart is so deceitful. About our baggage. Usually, the issue of conflict and the turmoil we have in our life is not the problem we... is not the problem. The problem is our baggage that is driving us into this behavior. And so the first thing to do, if you want abundant life, and you really want to start to deal with this anger, is you got to claim your baggage. And that means stop blaming people for making you mad. Really important. The person who's growing up in an adult, as an adult takes responsibility for their feelings and their behavior. That's a definition of being an adult. I take responsibility. Nobody holds a gun to my head and makes me feel or do anything. That's an adult. And so the first move is to say... I'm not going to blame you for my feelings. Instead, I'm going to look at my history and see what kind of baggage I have that's really provoking my cranky code. Secondly, you get rid of baggage by being willing to apologize for childish behavior. Apologize for childish behavior. Admit it's childish and ask forgiveness. Now, maybe some of you have tried like I have, to um, add one of those plastic hooks to your bathroom door so you can hang up more towels or clothes. I remember the first time I did this a few years ago and my failure. You know, you read the directions. I hate directions, so I did, not I just read them real quickly. But the directions said, clean the surface thoroughly, and if there's any uneven surface in the paint, sand it so it's smooth, so it'll bond well. I was too lazy to go find cleaning solution and sandpaper. I just stuck it on there, it'll work. And two days later, I found my towel and my hook on the floor. It didn't bond because there was this almost invisible film there, debris and little tiny ripples and uneven paint. So it couldn't bond, couldn't stick. This is a picture of why many relationships come apart. A lot of marriages, a lot of friendships. We're too lazy to work on ourselves, So we just bury the relationship and blame the person. We're too lazy to work upon our own baggage. And it contaminates the relationship. But children blame the other person instead of searching their own selves. Growing up takes work. Spiritual maturity takes sweat. It doesn't come automatically. you got to work at it. We think relationships shouldn't take work. And the attitude in America today is, well, if it's not working, just dispose of it. That's not a Christian attitude, and it's not 1 Corinthians 13. We work at relationships because Jesus Christ died on the cross to reconcile us. Reconciliation. Let me give you an example. Perhaps you're pretty angry at work because you think you're being micromanaged. You don't like to be micromanaged. And maybe you are being micromanaged. That could be true. But could it be possible that the problem is your baggage that makes you real sensitive? Maybe you had a very controlling parent, and you rebelled against their over-authority in your life. So any kind of direction today rubs that wound. Your boss reminds you of your mother or your father. Or maybe you had very permissive parents who put no boundaries on you whatsoever. Now you come into a work situation where there are some directions and some boundaries and expectations. That's your baggage. You don't like to be told what to do because that's your history. It's humbling to admit that we're behaving like a child. But it's incredibly liberating, incredibly liberating and helpful in solving problems. Is this not right? Just check me if this is not right. A child will not admit that they're being childish because they're a child. (laughs) It takes an adult to see that a behavior is childish. A child will never see behavior as childish, because they're a child. It takes an adult to see that was childish. So don't you see, one of the marks of growing up is being able to say, you know, what I just did was childish, and I don't want to do that anymore. So it's very important to be able to say, my behavior has been childish, please forgive me. Could we practice that? Say it with me. My behavior has been childish. Forgive me. Not used to saying that, are you? Our ego gets in the way. We are so proud. It takes humility to correct yourself and to become an adult. Humility is the mark of a spiritual adult because it's Christ. It takes humility. Please forgive me. My behavior was childish. My little challenge for you in the next month through February is look for an occasion where you can actually say that to your wife or someone else, your husband. My behavior was childish. Would you forgive me? and see what that does the holy spirit will empower you i promise you stop third stop your automatic behavior and choose different behavior that's how you get rid of your baggage you stop automatic behavior and you choose a different behavior what does the word of why does the word of god have so many commands in it let me read to you just from Ephesians 4 that has to do with relationships and anger. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, that is, hurtful talk, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. That, In other words, don't tell people off, even when you're angry. That it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. Along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate toward one another, forgiving each other. Why are all those commands in there? Because some of us grew, in, grew up in families where that's weird. We grew up into families where the opposite of this was normal. Unwholesome talk, destructive, damaging words to one another, keeping record of wrongs. We grew up in a family system where that was very normal. And whatever we grew up with, we think is normal. It takes the word of God to shine the light on our life and for us to see what we've thought is right for so long is not right. Becoming an adult emotionally and spiritually sometimes means unlearning things we learned as a child from our family. Becoming an adult means unlearning things we've always thought were right. That's what a spiritually mature person is. It means to start to let the Word of God lead us instead of our baggage like perfectionism or being A people pleaser because we are so afraid of rejection. To let the word of God lead us instead of our baggage. That's what it means to be a Christian. And that's Pat's problem. Her baggage is leading her life instead of the word of God. So, let me give you the formula for becoming an adult. It's simply this. Different choices plus repetition equals I change. Different choices plus repetition means I change. That's how anybody grows up into an adult. Instead of being childish, I make the mature spiritual decision. I repeat that enough times and I grow into being an adult. I break old habits. But that doesn't happen if we are defensive and we refuse to search our history. doesn't happen. If we refuse to admit that's childish, we'll never get rid of it. Be honest with me. Doesn't the bell ring in your conscience sometimes and say, that's wrong? Yes. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. He bears witness to the word of God and his role is to convict, convict us of sin. you got to listen to that little voice of the Holy Spirit within you. Just as you start to flash in anger, before you make an angry behavior, that Holy Spirit will speak to you or right afterwards. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, respond that's when you say you know what i'm not going to do what i always did i'm going to do the mature thing instead of the childish thing we all have that opportunity let the holy spirit lead you and begin to respond to the holy spirit different choices plus repetition means i change And the last thing, number four, is you've got to forgive people in the past who wronged you. I'm going to talk a lot more about this in two weeks. You have to forgive people who have wronged you, even if they don't ask for forgiveness. Here's why. It's very simple. Whatever you won't forgive is unresolved anger in your life. It's unresolved anger. And that unresolved anger becomes a piece of baggage or an aerosol can that when people sound like your mother or father or somebody hurt you in the past or they behave like it, it comes spraying out. It's all stored up. The only way to get rid of baggage is to forgive the people. Now, what we're talking about here is not criticizing parents. We're not talking about judging parents. We are all imperfect. We're talking about what Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This is incredibly important. What you will not forgive, you are doomed to repeat. In some fashion, you will become just like the person you will not forgive. Remember Pat? You know the truth of the matter is, she's just like her father. Just like him. Because she's never forgiven him. It is so important To set yourself free. Forgive for your sake. Because that's the only thing. That gets rid of the baggage in your life. Would you pray with me? With every head bowed right now. Is there anybody here? Would you be humble enough. To raise your hand. And admit I need the power of Christ in my life in order to change would you raise your hand I need the power of Christ be humble enough that's your first move then make this your prayer say this prayer with you Jesus I believe you are God I ask you to come into my life I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me for the things I've done because of my baggage, the words I've said. And Jesus, I ask you to give me the power to let my baggage go. Give me supernatural power. I need supernatural power. all of us here today don't you need anything in your life to change because the fact is it's been childish got any childish behavior you'd want to confess to Jesus and ask him to change you Lord Jesus I pray for every prayer that has been said here so sincerely I thank you that you'll answer those prayers. I pray this in your name, Jesus, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast of Dr. Mike from Compass Church in Salinas. We hope you're encouraged by his practical, Bible-based teaching.